Welcome one and all to Umami Manga. I'm Petter and this is James. Hello! And today we're talking about volumes 3 and 4 of Vinland Saga. I think this makes a, or this means that we're about halfway through the part of the story that's covered in the anime season 1, I think. Okay. Because uh, I, I heard some people talking on, on in our Discord server about kind of which chapters the anime season covers. And I think, and, and I checked in like the chapter table of contents kind of thing uh, in the books to see how much that is. And I think that's the first four books, a.k.a. the first eight volumes or, mm. or, or, or so, like roughly. So that means we're about halfway through that part. So that's like the part that I know. But although, again, as I said last time, I remember it very vaguely, which is which is fine, which is good. Uh, but anyway, when this book started, we were six years past the point when uh, Thor's had died, and when well, when this book started, he was about ten, and then you fast forward. Exactly, exactly. So, and, and that was six years after, because it said it was in one thousand eight. I think it was right. No. Uh... He wasn't four when Thor's died. No, no. It well, the woman who takes him in says that he looks like he's barely above ten. That was just what she thought he looked like. I'm thinking he's about twelve there, and that he was six when Thor's died. Okay. Uh, because the years say that uh, Thor's died in 1002, and this the first chapter of this book takes place in 1008. Oh, okay. So it is my. My, that, that's my thinking anyway and that would also align if if that is the case that would also align later when the majority of this book take, takes place in 1013 right uh, when if my assumptions are right then he would be 17 then which would match up with knut's age who is mm-hmm. also 17 and they say they're the same age I, at least that's how i'm kind of choosing to look at it fair enough fair enough it makes more sense than i guess what i was thinking i was just thinking he was 16 but. No, I, th- I think he was 16 in, like, that first chapter of the previous book, because that was a year before, I guess, the majority of this book. So that that that, that is still, I think, probably right. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to see, like we were saying before with the history, but this is getting more into the weeds of what England is like right. at the time um, in terms of the different areas you know london is not the grand city that we know now um, yeah. or would would come to know mm-hmm. um and it's fascinating to see how different wales is with all the different i guess providences or however you call them the different kingdoms i guess right and yeah uh it, it really makes you think or, or kind of question what you understand the current world to be you know, how France is United Country and, you know, the United Kingdom <laughs> is various different kingdoms. Yeah. But those, but those <laughs> kingdoms were separated into smaller tribes at one point um, right. before being one. So uh, I think about my history, you know, my country's history. The U.S. is relatively very young. Um, right, yeah. You know, there's only, There's very few countries that are younger than the u.s Mm. in terms of history and for us we yeah we have different states and different um backgrounds and ethnicities but there really wasn't warring kingdoms or tribes you know we had our revolution 
from England. And then we kind of just united from there. And obviously we had our civil war, but, Hmm. but it wasn't like a kingdom per se. And that's really the only conflict Hmm. we've had between uh, countries. And so I, I, it's just fascinating to think that for a long time, you know, these countries that I know to be unified now were once all separated and yeah. um, different. I, 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 this is just like, oh, wow, welcome to welcome to world history. Go get a textbook. <laughs> right. But I don't know. It's, it's not something you think about, really, until you're seeing stories like this, you know? Right. That's fair. Like, I, I think most of Europe was like that. Uh, we've all had someone in our history that kind of unified the country at some point. Like, hmm. Denmark was unified by Harold Bluetooth, like, two or so generations before Vinland Saga takes place. Uh, and, like, little stuff like that. That's his real name, by the way, not n- not joking. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually going to talk a little bit about him later uh, when, we talk <laughs> about, when we talk about Knut. But, but we'll, we'll, awesome. we'll get there, <laughs> we'll get there mm-hmm. later. Uh, so, so, yeah, on to the characters, starting with Thorfinn. And last time we talked about... Well, we talked about Leif Erikson. Sadly, he didn't really appear much in this book, but mm-hmm. he was a pretty big part of the first, uh, the first two volumes. And obviously, Leif Erikson is a real historical character, and we, we we talked about that last time. But something I didn't realize is that Thorfinn is actually also, at least loosely, based on a real historical person. Oh, really? An Icelandic explorer called Thorfinn Thordarson, huh. uh, whose expeditions are documented in the saga of the Greenlanders, and the saga of Eric the Red. And these two sagas are collectively referred to as the Vinland Sagas. <laughs> Title drop. Or, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So that's, well, some of the inspiration of, of uh, Yukimura, I think, of, you know, for, for this manga. Wow. New idea. Yeah, huh. yeah. No, I didn't know it either until uh, yesterday when I just read up on some of this because uh there was actually a few other characters in this book that were are also real historical people and so it was when i started read, reading up on those that i found out this as well so yeah mm-hmm. just really interesting it's not like a one-to-one perfect uh like a completely perfect uh adaptation of this character exactly but in a lot of ways it's similar and it's 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 clear that it's uh, the inspiration for for thorfinn that's cool yeah <laughs> uh so the real thorfinn was he alive before Leif Erikson, or uh, no, no, he, he lived around the same time. Uh, so, same time, okay. So, like, cool. like, like, like the, the time that that our Thorfinn here, uh, like the fictional Thorfinn, like it, it's it is uh, accurate in that regard. Uh, oh, okay, cool. And I, I have been reading about the real Thorfinn and some other characters that are that appear in in, in these books, and. I, I guess I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't talk too much about what I've read about the historical people in case it's considered spoilers. Fair, <laughs> fair. Yeah, maybe, maybe um, we should avoid that. Then. Right. I mean, I don't know how accurately Yukimura is going to go mm-hmm. to some of this, uh, but I guess just just to be safe, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about it necessarily. Um, but gotcha. but yeah, j- just just fun to to know that he is actually also inspired by uh, by a real person. <laughs> awesome. I like how he shows compassion for the family who saved him mm. at the beginning when he was around, uh, well, when he was young age, maybe, I guess around 12. Yeah. And and maybe perhaps that was a bit of his father or maybe even, I guess, his mother get coming out, coming out. Or I guess at the very least it shows that he's a, a he has a bit of a compassion in him and doesn't want necessarily to kill everybody in sight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you show compassion to him. He's going to 
want to help you back. Of course, he he is a young boy, so or mm. a twelve year old. So it, I guess that makes sense why he'd be like that. Yeah. But you know, you compare him to the the people he's with, the Vikings he's with, and mm. they wouldn't give a probably wouldn't uh, care at all. Exactly. Yeah, and like I also sort of get the feeling that that moment when he interact when when he encountered that woman and that the woman's daughter like that that may have been the first act of kindness that was shown toward him ever since he joined up with Askeladd perhaps oh. like obviously we can't say for sure but at the very least he doesn't get much of that in in there you know you know when he's fair. around them yeah. and so mm-hmm. well I, I guess it makes sense for him to have well wanted to repay them somehow like he he well, it's, it, he hasn't been spoiled with with kindness in the, like the past hmm. six years or, 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 or so. So obviously, it's very tragic that he yeah. may have sort of indirectly ended up killing them in in a way, right. so since he was the one who summoned the Vikings to the shores, and they mm-hmm. they, I mean, we don't see them die there, but they probably died there. We see yeah. like we see like the broken comb, so that probably indicated that they sadly died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Th- th- this book really, like, it goes darker. Like, it really, like, it shows some darker stuff than I think maybe the first one did. Like, there's, like, rape and and other like, mm-hmm. and, and just very brutal murder, murdering of of women and children and just civilians in general, which is just dreadful. And it really, I just, I guess it it makes us understand just what. Thorfinn's life is like having to well I mean I guess yeah he 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 chooses to be with Askeladd and his men but 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 still having grown up since about age six or so uh, in the presence of these men like such a messed up upbringing like oh my god yeah yeah absolutely I think it's also a kudos to him that he's not I guess I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to say it's temptation, but, you know, he hasn't become like them. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah, um, yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And just gone with the flow in that sense. And even he says to Askeladd that, look, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not like your men. I'm not like you guys. Mm. I am here for one reason. One reason only. Um, and he, of course, Askeladd kind of laughs it off. But, mm. um, yeah, I, I think it goes to show that he does view him, or he does feel like he's a little morally different than these other guys. But yeah, you know, he's still he's still a uh, killer <laughs> in a sense. He oh point. no, yeah, I mean, absolutely, sadly, he is. Yeah. But but he does. There is one point in this book when he 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 starts to, or it seems like he's starting to see how dreadful war is or he's starting to right. at least grow tired of war uh, but i think he also dislikes it just in general uh oh yeah is, is starting to really see that and i think that really like i guess it it, it, it gave me the idea that his character journey is probably going to lead to a similar place with him where his father was where he's or i don't know if he's going to become a full-on pacifist although that would be amazing but at the very least, start to understand his father much better. And I think this is a small step in that direction. Obviously, he's nowhere near there yet, but just mm-hmm. slightly in that direction, which I think is is great. Yeah, he says, like, what's so fun about war? Like, you know, and right. basically he he gets his 
butt handed to him and his arms disclo- dislocated or shoulders dislocated and everything. Hmm. Um, but they had to keep marching forward. Um, and part of that could just be the, the Viking mentality and how much they just glorify war. Yeah. And maybe like you were saying to him, it's just yeah, that there is no rest. There is no stopping to it yeah. when you're in war, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe that, and that's where his um, complaints come from. But speaking of that moment, I guess just before that, and why he's beat up like that, that fight with uh, Thorkel is, uh-huh. or however you're supposed to announce it, is great. Uh, I, I, I thought it was so well done. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. It really is. Really. It, 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 I, I will say that is definitely one of the scenes from the anime that I remember vividly. Uh, mm. So, yeah, yeah, such a good, such a good action scene. And I, I liked how, I just like what Thorfinn was able to do against a, a person who is three, maybe even three times his size, you know? Yeah, <laughs> right. He doesn't get along with the prince very well. Um, but right. that could be just the start of some sort of friendship, you know? <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Like, that that would be, that would be nice. <laughs> but it's definitely, definitely a bit shaky right now. Yeah. Because they are just polar opposites of one another. It's, yeah, it's, it's fun, though. At the very least, you can say, not that he was trying, Thorfinn was trying to, but Thorfinn, for whatever reason, was able to get the, the prince to just come out of his shell a little bit, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think he did a great job with with that. A great job. I mean. No, no, I think so. <laughs> I don't think he meant to do it, you know? Yeah. And that's that's all I have on Thorfinn. Yeah, I don't actually have anything else either. He was mostly like I mean he obviously he did a lot of good stuff in this in in these mm-hmm. two volumes, but he he was largely kind of a bystander as well, I think, which is why there might not have, not have been all that much on him. But anyway, I guess there was the vision that he had um oh yeah. of his of his family and his father. True. And I guess the one thing I I'll take away from that is that his his father in the dream asks him to return to his mother and, and daughter or mm. well, mother and sister <laughs> right. and protect protect them or something like that. So I, I wonder if um, that'll mm. become a thing that he does eventually. Yeah, I really hope so. I mean, at some point he's got to return to Iceland, right? Like I, I hope it, so. It's got to. Like he's been away for 11 years. It's got to happen yeah. at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I, I, I guess I'll mention one last little thing about that, which I thought was a nice little thing that Yukimura uh, had done his research on, is that they're celebrating Yule, or they, they're about oh, to yeah. celebrate Yule in that in that dream that he had, or nightmare, I suppose it became. Uh, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, and Yule, it, it, it is it is explained at the in like the translator's notes at the end of the book here, but it is basically like the Nordic or or kind of Germanic Nordic uh, thing that we were doing in this part of the world before Christianity kind of made or, or introduced Christmas to, mm-hmm. to, to us. And, and then it kind of became a mixture of the two, but it's now called Christmas, at least in English, it's mm-hmm. called Christmas, but we still have the word Yul in, in Swedish. It's uh, Christmas is called Yul. Mm. Uh, so we still have that word, even though it is exactly the same thing as Christmas. That's awesome. Yeah. It, it's, it's pretty cool how, how it's still, it's still kind of there. <laughs> Um, but anyway, moving on to Askelad next. And so, 
something I touched on a little bit last time was his. Uh, well, he 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 when he introduced himself before duels, he he mentioned his forefather uh, Artorius, uh, which I bro I mentioned like a second century Roman commander or something I think last time who who was named uh, Artorius, but I wasn't sure if that was what he was actually referring to and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. uh, in this book, we we got to confirm that it's a supposedly also at least of Roman heritage, but in, uh, like, on the British Isles, a a commander or something called Artorius um, in the 5th and 6th centuries. However, I tried to look that historical person up online, and I couldn't find anything at all uh, on that Artorius uh, who lived, like, in that era. And so I'm, I'm sort of thinking that that might have been something, like, some kind of creative liberty that Yukimura took, because... The the legend of King Arthur it supposedly takes place around that time, um, mm-hmm. so, and and that is also what according to Yukimura in the book here, like the explanation is that this historical person Artorias was kind of what inspired the legend of King Arthur, mm. but there isn't supposedly at least from my from what from from what I've been able to find online, there isn't a distinct historical person that was the inspiration for King Arthur. Uh, like, a lot of historians kind of agree that there isn't really one person that really yeah, I mean, fit into that mold. It's uh, gotta be fictitious. Right, yeah. So so I'm thinking this Artorius is probably a, a made-up fictional character, or made-up historical character um, by, by Yukimura. Just wanted to kind of mention that. Uh, however, if someone knows... Something there, something, something else, and and is listening on YouTube. Please, please let us know. But I couldn't find any other Artorius or any Artorius that fitted the description that we got through Yukimura's kind of narration uh, in this book. But anyway, uh, we know now anyway that Askeladd's presumed ancestor is King Arthur of from from the legend, or, or at least the the historical person who inspired him, according to this this world here. Okay, so I guess I was kind of confused on who his ancestor was, but it, so so he isn't he is indeed saying that his ancestor is Artorius. Yeah, and that this Lydia was, I guess, the last known descendant of Artorius, mm-hmm. supposedly, and that was his mother. Yeah, interesting. Making him the the last person of King Arthur's bloodline. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, it sounds really grand and kind of fantastical, and I don't know how much I can trust him when he says these things. Gratianus seemed to back him up, but I mean, we don't really know him that well, so I don't know how how, right. well, how well he can be trusted. Yeah, either. that's why I kind of like I don't know. I wasn't sure how to believe how how much to believe him in saying that he was the descendant of this Artorius person, mm-hmm. but. Uh, especially since they they mentioned Artorias earlier on in the book, yeah, um, and and with the sword and everything, so I just wasn't sure if that was true or not. But anyway, the the point still stands that Artorias is there. He claims he is, and or, or Ascalon claims he is the descendant, and yeah. that apparently it's what's inspired King Arthur. Um, mm-hmm. Although I feel like I've heard something like that before, that. King Arthur was was inspired by some other 
legend. Yeah, I mean, there, there are a couple of candidates, or at least from what I've read up on recently, there are a couple of candidates that are, mm -hmm. like, potentially one of these, but most historians seem to agree that none of them really add, like, it doesn't really add up for either of them. So it's really, like, hmm. th there isn't a one historical person that really f completely fits, supposedly, uh, at least from what I've been able to understand. Okay. Understood. Uh, unless this Artorius person that is described in this book actually is a really historical character. I just, I wasn't able to find anything on, on him online. Uh, but it's possible that maybe there is, actually. I, I just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, I, I think it's a really cool twist that Askelad is half Danish and then half Welsh. Is that Yeah, that's what he says. Accurate yeah. to say? Okay. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think it's a cool or interesting twist in it all. And I always wondered why he wore, wore that chest plate that, like he did. Because it, to me, it, it did kind of feel like it was a little like Roman-like. Ah. Um, no one else was wearing a chest plate like that. Oh, I didn't think about that. Oh. So I was wondering why why was that exactly? And so maybe that's some of his like Welsh ness coming. I I I don't know. Right. But anyway, mm. um, I I I think that was an interesting twist. Plus the fact that he basically says I hate the Danes. <laughs> exactly, yeah. What do you think about that? Because I wasn't sure, like, did he say that just to kind of win some good points with okay. Asser? Mm -hmm. or, or, or did he actually mean it? What do you think? You know, I'll be honest, I actually thought he meant it. Um, and I don't think he means about that, about his men, who are obviously Vikings, you know, Danish. Um, mm. I think he, more, he meant more about the country itself. Um, mm. And just you know, basically stealing his mom like that. Um, right. But, I, you know, you bring a good point. Why wouldn't he uh, try to gain favor by telling them something like that? Uh, but my, hmm. my, my thinking is, Askeladd seems to be someone who thinks about himself or, or worries more about himself and his, his men and not about the country he's serving. So I wouldn't be surprised if he were to turn around and say, "Yeah, I hate the Danes. I also hate the Welsh. I hate every, I hate all you countries." <laughs> Fair, yeah, yeah. actually, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you do bring a good point. Mm. Perhaps he's just using them. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, at least he seems to be pretty full of himself and kind of, and he seems to really embrace the fact that he is the, the descendant of. Artorius, like he really mm, kind of fair. He, he 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 kind of mentions it at like any chance he gets, sort of. Mm -hmm. And if he takes so much pride in that, in like the Welsh side of him, mm -hmm. then maybe maybe he is speaking the truth. I don't know. I just keep. Mm. I I, guess I I can't trust him, so I have to question all <laughs> like anything he says. Yeah, <laughs> he's mm. kind of snake-like in that way. Yeah, <laughs> but I do love him. Oh yeah, I know. Great character, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he has very great ambitions, like that he mm -hmm. wants to achieve using well using his bloodline to his advantage, uh, and at least as he has, as he explains as how he might be able to benefit from from, from well being on, on good terms with Prince Knut and stuff like that. Yeah. So about that, 
he starts off not particularly caring about canoe and maybe like continues on towards the end of this book um and he feels as though he's not able to be a king mm. and i wonder well he he says that it's because I, I i know by his face that he's just not he's not able to do that and I wonder, I'll get to my point eventually. Yeah, so like, he's, he's talking to uh, Bjorn, I can't never pronounce his name right. Bjorn. Is Bjorn. Mm. And they're talking and then uh, he says, well, he's still just a lad. Mm. And then Bjorn is he's like, wait, what do you mean? Or are you trying to say something? And then it just cuts off and ends there, which frustrates me because yeah. <laughs> you don't. What was he trying to say? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I obviously I speculate. Well, what did Askala think about him? Could it be that maybe he does think there's potential there, um, but that but that seems so far fetched. Like <laughs> he seems so taken aback about his looks and just his his. Mm demeanor and right. obviously we'll talk about him later but mm. um i don't know to to me it seems like he wanted to use the prince as maybe a a pawn or or something some, something like those like that but because he's so timid and not a, a leader of men then he's like well i can't even use him for that i can't even use him as, as hmm. uh, a stepping stool you know who's gonna want to rally behind that exactly yeah yeah so that's that's kind of my thinking, but I don't know if there's some other meanings like he's actually a girl. Like I, that just seems too. That just seems like a plot a plot point that one wouldn't go along with this story. And two, it's been done to high heaven, people. <laughs> Enough. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Mm. But yeah, yeah. His thoughts on Knut is. Or, like, it's definitely a bit kind of dubious right now. Hard to kind of know mm-hmm. exactly where, where, like, what he thinks on it. But it's not one of loyalty, I'll say that. Right. I, I, don't, I don't think he particularly cares for the, the royalty of Denmark. No, no, I, I definitely agree there. Uh, so, yeah, just exciting to see where that's going to lead or kind of what, yeah. what, what it's going to do with this, this whole situation that right. he's created. Anything more on Askeladd? He believes that Ragnarok is near. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think this kind of ties into what his potential plans, I guess, could be for Canute or how he thinks about that. And he sees the opportunity that... Uh, basically, the opportunity of getting Canute and using him as, as a pawn, potentially, as a way to get the leg up in Ragnarok. I, I don't know. It's it I, I don't quite I didn't quite understand why he was feeling like this was the end of mankind or like we were starting around that path. Is he does is this implying that the Viking rule is coming to an end? Does he actually have these beliefs that the end of the world is coming? I well, I, I got the feeling that he was combining it with the Christian beliefs that Judgment Day was coming. Yes. And that basically, it was a, a similar prophecy. Like, it was, they were talking about the same thing, just kind of in slightly different ways. Right. To me, I I just don't think Oscar would believe that kind of stuff. Mm. You know? Mm. Like, I he mean, doesn't even, mm. not, not just Christianity, but the, the Norse mythology, it doesn't seem like something that 
he really particularly cares about. I mean, maybe he uses it for his own gain and to gain the trust of the other Vikings, but mm. I just don't see him as one to care about getting into Valhalla or, uh, you know, um, where his placement is come Judgment Day. Right. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. But I, I could be overthinking it, but we had a whole chapter that was called Ragnarok and then him pontificate about it and then saying okay ragnarok's about to happen like i <laughs> why like what what's what is his ragnarok what is this okay what is he trying to imply oh yeah 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 i i don't think he is foreseeing the end of the viking age i don't think that okay because he seems like the reason why he's fighting for denmark is because he he, he he's convinced that denmark is going to win the war against england mm. yeah fair and so with that in mind, I don't think he is foreseeing the end of the Viking Age. But yeah, yeah. if if, it, if there is some other kind of meaning to that, I don't know. But I mean, there could be. I just don't have any idea, really. So you're thinking it is more of a, he does think that Judgment Day is close. It's my best idea. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair, fair enough. I mean, fair enough. Like, but he is a hard man to no read. <laughs> yeah, true. Mm. I think that's all I have on him. Okay, then... Moving on to Thorkel. Such a fun character. <laughs> and he really lives for a good fight. <laughs> Live, lives for a good fight is is an interesting way to put it. Um, yeah, I mean, but he's definitely in it for the fun. He's actually one of the historical people introduced in this book that's, yeah, well, yeah, based on a real historical person. Nice. Um, Thorkel the Tall was a Viking that lived at that like around that time and cool i did read read up a little bit on him not gonna again not not gonna tell you everything that i read about (laughs) because it might it might happen maybe in the future of the manga but but yeah just uh fun to see another historical character introduced into the story yeah absolute monster i mean (laughs) when they say the tall they they really mean it like holy crap yeah it's so fun with these titles that that like at least in Europe, uh, people were getting, like, because there was that one, um, the English king was like, was it something the unready? Like, <laughs> and that, that's like the least flattering title you can get. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> he wasn't ready for the war or something like that. He gets that title and that's what he's known about, uh, known as, like, in, mm-hmm. his, in the history books. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Thorka the Tall, I guess that's a better title than the unready. Do you know how tall he was? Like, uh, no, I didn't, or I didn't find anything on that, sadly. But, and I, I don't I'm know. I'm wondering comparison could... to nowadays. Like, was he fair? Right, he might just have been tall as a basketball player. These or... days. Yeah, <laughs> no, but like, I mean, I can only assume he was tall at least for the age. Plus, Vikings were in general taller than most other people uh, on average. Yeah. Uh, so I he must have that. been very tall compared to like the English like yeah for example yeah <laughs> hmm. oh english um so will well speaking of the english he willingly sides with the weaker side yeah because it just sounds more fun <laughs> doesn't yeah. it get boring to be on the winning side all the time which is such, such an interesting way of thinking yeah i love i love that he's, he's such a fun character yeah <laughs> Uh, and he loses two fingers and he just smiles. Like, that was fun. Gosh. <laughs> that was a good fight. <laughs> and, and the way he just talks about, 
you know, fighting certain people. Like, like <laughs> Thor's been, for example, it's like, well, we'll finish this when we get, we meet again, okay? I, I promise. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Keep in touch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's almost cute, honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, he he needs no sword when he fights. Mm-mm-mm. Does that make him a true warrior? <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we know Depends that, you ask. according to him, he, he knew Thor's. Yeah. So I wonder... And Helga, maybe. Had, right, and Helga, too. I wonder, had Thor's perhaps said this to him in their past? Had, had Thor's said that whole thing about a true warrior needs no sword? And maybe maybe that's why Thorkel doesn't use a sword? Oh, wow. Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know. Just an idea that came to my mind. That's kind of cool. Could be. Wow, no, that's a great... That's a great... I didn't even put that together because Thorkel does say that Thor's was... A true hero, right? Or uh, true warrior, right? Uh, I think so. At least, at least he says that he was the only one that he couldn't defeat, like, or he was the only one better than him. Yeah, I, I, that's that's another kind of plot point I'm excited to see more of, where mm-hmm. Thorsvin and and Thorkel finally uh, meet again, and yeah, hopefully, <laughs> Thorsvin is willing to listen. Uh, to how or to what Thorkel knows, like, you know, maybe we can get a little more backstory for uh, Thor's and Helga. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose a lot of that backstory can also come from Helga, uh, but sadly, she and Ilva are kind of mostly out of the story for the time being. So, I, so may, maybe it is more likely to get it from Thorkel, as you said. Mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah, yeah, I agree. Should be should be good. Anything more on Thorkel? Does the Uno reverse card and wrecks the leftover siege with his men? This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. I also like how he 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 tossed the log down. He was like log drop or whatever. Like he he like <laughs> he named the move. It's like it's, it's like such a such an anime manga kind of thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> I wonder if if the Vikings actually did that. <laughs> Who knows? Like That's naming a good their question. moves like that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Knut. And just the th- one thing real quick I want to kick off by saying about his name is that it's a, it's a weird name in English because the name Knut actually doesn't have a vowel between the K sound and the N sound. Oh. In English, that sound, kn doesn't really exist because mm. whenever there's a K and an N, you just, like, the K is silent in the English language. Knife. <laughs> right, knife. and Knight. Exactly, yeah. So the kn sound doesn't really exist because of that in the English language, but it does in, in, the, in the Scandinavian languages. Mm. And Knut is, even to this day, a, a relatively common name in our countries. Knut. Uh, so it's just Knut. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I know that some people that I've talked about did this kind of thing with that are English-speaking, uh, they, they struggle with just making the knut sound without kind of subconsciously putting in a, a vowel sound between there. Uh, but, mm. but, but anyway, yeah, that, that is, it, it should technically, technically be knut. Um, knut. Yes. Or I, I think the actual like old Norse way is like knutter or something like that, but <laughs> that, that, that's, that's overboard. I'm not, I'm not even, uh, <laughs> but anyway, anyway, yeah. Uh, he is the other one of the historical people introducing this, uh, in this book. Oh. And 
would you like me to to tell you what n- historical name he is known by? Sure. Knut the Great. Oh. So. Dang. Yeah. Without saying anything more, I'll I'll just yeah I, I just figured it would be cool to at least kind of just quote unquote spoil that. Although it's not, I, I wouldn't say it's a spoiler. I mean, this is history after all. Uh, but mm-hmm. but yeah, just a, a fun little thing to I guess think about at least. Like, I guess you don't necessarily need to read up on him, but knowing that it's pretty interesting. I think. Yeah. Uh, something something great <laughs> will happen, I suppose. <laughs> awesome. That actually gets me more excited for the character. Not that not that I mm. not that I thought there wouldn't be any character progression, but I don't know. That that kind of gets me really really hyped. Awesome, awesome. That that's great to hear. And. Knut's father, as we learn in this book, is Svein Forkbeard. Hmm. And Svein, and, and, and then going even one generation ba- further back, Svein's father was Harald Bluetooth. Oh, and okay. That's, that's the guy I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. And James and I had talked about him a little bit off recording two weeks ago or so after we had recorded the previous mm. uh, book uh, discussion. And... I figured since Knut was introduced here, I just wanted to mention mention this little thing that I talked to you about on on the recording because it's kind of fun. And this actually is not something I didn't mention this to James because I knew Knut was the grandson of Harold Bluetooth. I didn't actually know that until yesterday when I when I did some research on this. Uh, but the Bluetooth technology that have ex- has existed since 1997 was named after Harold Bluetooth. And when we talked about this last like off recording i didn't know why they chose the name it, it i think it just seemed kind of random at the time but hmm. I've, i have since found out that there is actually there, there is a kind of a funny reason uh the idea is that the bluetooth technology would unite devices much like harold bluetooth united the danish tribes into one kingdom hmm. uh so yeah just a funny little little thing like that plus also the the icon for the bluetooth technology like it's like the it, it looks kind of like a b but it's also got like an x kind of in the middle or like it well i don't know how to describe it. but anyway uh most people probably have a rough idea anyway of what it looked like it's actually a combination of two runes uh it's the the rune the the h rune and the b rune like harold bluetooth it's like his initials essentially uh, but kind of melded into one symbol to make the bluetooth symbol because uh, the H is like a vertical line with an X in it, and the B is well, essentially a B, but with well, just straight lines to make the B. So here's a question: With Thor's and Thorfinn and a lot of the other guys, they say their first name and they say son of, you know, their father. Yeah, um, yeah. And that seems to be kind of a last name situation, mm-hmm. but clearly, these, the these these. Uh, kings, uh, their last name are different. Like, may- I guess they earn the last name or something. Yeah, I'm thinking at least when it comes to like royalty, it might be different, right? Maybe they choose what their last name is known as. Maybe. Hmm. Okay, I just wasn't sure like if that was uh, a naming convention thing that I just wasn't understanding or whatnot. Hmm. Yeah, I know, but it, it it is it's it's like an exception to the norm. I would probably say because I think most people are like most people's last names are like their father's name and then son or daughter after that. Um, gotcha. Is like the regular 
uh, last name system. <laughs> um, but the last thing I'll say about Herald Bluetooth, just real quick, or as quickly as, quickly as I can at, at least, is uh, <laughs> something that I mentioned to James uh, off recording, is that I have a relative who is like crazy into genealogy and like he does a great and very very thorough job with it he has traced our family tree like all the way back to like before year zero and like beyond like further beyond that like he's in he's crazy but he's, he's i mean he's super cool uh but he he's like really really into it and that's just a very great job with that and now it's been a while since i talked with him but um i i do remember from last time we, we talked and like he showed me his his uh, whole research and like all, all of like his very like well the family tree and his computer that he had assembled and put together that we are descendant like direct descendants of Harold Bluetooth and since it's been a while I don't I can't remember kind of well how exactly the the, the branch went from there so I can't say if I'm a direct descendant of Knut as well mm. uh, I guess it's possible but uh, at the very least I am a I, I am a direct descendant of Harold Bluetooth um, and I guess maybe of Knut, although that yeah, just can't can't know for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I I think that's kind of cool. Although to be fair, uh, a lot of people, at least in this part of the world where I live, are probably descendants of someone known, just based on that that it's been such a long time. So like there are so many branches, you know, that would go out of any historical person from that day and age. Um, so it's not it's not like the coolest thing in the world in the world. But yeah, I just. I, I, t t t to me, it's fun that I am that that I'm a direct descendant of Knut's grandfather. <laughs> I think it's neat. But yeah, yeah. Well, Knut in Vinland Saga, this 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 manga, yes, looks very very feminine. Like you yeah. know, the, the puffy lips, the the big eyes. You know, it just is everything about him looks looks pretty feminine. Mm. But beyond that, he's quiet, kind of. Shy, accused himself, timid, qualities that you probably don't usually associate with a war bloodthirsty Viking, you know? Yeah, yeah um, for sure. <laughs> and I could definitely see why some people would be kind of hesitant to lay down their lives for someone who doesn't seem very manly <laughs> or kingly in that in that time of age. Absolutely, and on top of that, he's also. He's also spoiled and yeah. very sheltered, in a lot in in a lot of ways, and like that 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 even further adds to his, I guess, unprofessionality as a yeah. as a leader. Yeah. So you know, as I said earlier, at the very end of the book, he seems to come out of his shell a little bit. Uh, mm. That's great, and and I think that is a sign that he will eventually get to the point where. Maybe he does actually become a leader, um, yeah. and getting a title like the Great seems to <laughs> indicate <laughs> that. Yes, seems like it. And like on on that, like as you were talking about, about near the end of the book, when he just well really opened up much more than he had before. Mm -hmm. On one on one page, he tells Thorfinn that there's certain there's certain things that he can't do, such as expressing his anger. And then, literally on the next page, <laughs> what's he doing? He he's expressing his anger, <laughs> like very, very clearly <laughs> to Thorfinn. Okay. <laughs> if you were royalty, I'd smack you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, I I definitely look forward to seeing him grow because I feel like there's a lot of room 
for that. Yeah. Yeah. We can't talk about Canute without Ragnar, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, let, let's talk about Ragnar. He seems to love Knut almost as if though he was his own child. I, I, yeah. so, I sort of get that I get that, that same vibe. feeling. Mm. Kind of like a foster father type of situation. Right. Because his, like, Svein, his actual father, doesn't seem to be that much of a father uh, mm-hmm. to him. So, in a, in a way, it's good. You know, Ragnar, like, he, he, he's a good, good guy in that way. And I'm glad that, I'm, I'm happy for Knut that he's had Ragnar in his life. But at the same time, he has definitely, like, I, 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 he may have been maybe a bit too... Like he has been sheltering Knut a bit too much. Yeah, and like stuff too like protective, that. maybe. Right, right, too protective, probably. Uh, I, I, I understand that might be a hard thing to balance, but so like it's not like mm-hmm. I'm necessarily blaming Ragnar for this for, or for that, but it's a darn Christian mindset, man. <laughs> yeah, right. Teach him that poison. Come on. <laughs> so he he's talking to Thorkell, basically accusing him knowing nothing of the royal court or Knut. Mm. And I I wonder what he meant by that. I maybe I guess as it's implied later on in the story that growing up in the royal court for a kind of timid boy like him was really tough. I mean, mm. I guess from what I, from what I understand, there it's just as rowdy as a battlefield at that that court. You know, people killing each other, fighting. So maybe that's what he was implying that it's not as easy as you, he doesn't have an easy life as you think, mm. but maybe there's something more there. Yeah. I wonder if we'll get to know more like other family members of, of Knut's, like his father and his, mm. his, I think he has a brother. Was that mentioned in the book? I, for was... some reason, I felt like Knut, was Knut the youngest son of King Sven? I can't remember. Svein? How do you pronounce it? I mean, Sven is like the present day name. I think Svein with like this, that, that vowel sound is uh, like how they said it back then. Okay, Svein. Mm. But um, I, I, I can't actually remember what they said about his uh, siblings in, in the book here. Uh, mm. so. I, I know he had at least a brother though, which is something I remember from reading about the historical person. <laughs> <laughs> But but at the very least, I I think it, it it would be fun to to explore his family a bit more. I agree. But Ragnar, he says that a wise man never parts from his weapon. It's basically the complete opposite idea of Thor's, uh, who who says that you know a true warrior needs no sword. So I thought that was a funny little thing. I wonder. I, I don't know if it has any more meaning than just well what it is but mm-hmm. but yeah I, I thought i thought it was interesting and at the end when when knut was well kind of more lashing out at at thorfinn at first i thought ragnar would kind of butt in and kind of try to try to stop it or or kind of well yeah just do some something about it at all but but i'm, I'm glad that he didn't like he was just he he just let things play out as they as they did uh which might point toward him i guess letting knut go letting him grow a, l- a little bit more perhaps at least assuming he has been sheltering knut a bit too much in the past this is probably a good thing that just just let knut 
live just let him be and and kind of i guess have his own bad or good experiences yeah sometimes you got to let people fall and fail in order for them to learn and succeed right exactly so i i did like that anything more on ragnar no not not really all right then moving on to father willibald <laughs> the drunken priest yeah interesting <laughs> character yeah yeah definitely i i that's like my best description of everybody you know? <laughs> i really gotta get, i gotta really get better at how i describe things there but... are a lot of interesting characters in this in, in these books though <laughs> yeah to be fair I, I'll, I'll, I'll toast to that no i think that him in particular he's another one of these characters that is a little hard to read and sometimes cryptic although that's um the point mm. i don't know i i'm excited to kind of learn more about his thinking and and what he brings to the story in terms of um i guess the the mentality of the times yeah because it's a it's a stark contrast from the vikings who adore and and glorify war and bloodshed versus um at least the the mentality of a of a friar or a priest whatever you call it mm. who i mean at least according to his duty and calling as far as i understand is is going to be more about um pacification and, well well being being a pacifist and as he put it puts it love yeah that's, that brings a whole interesting question into the story is what is love? Exactly. What do you, what do you think? Because what, what confuses me is he says love mm. and then the Vikings are like, love, what's that? <laughs> like, like, surely there's a word for love. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. That, that did confuse me as well. Like, because I would have also assumed that in Old Norse there would have been a word for love. Um, so I don't know about that, but I, I was wondering, and I, I, I can't really think of any sort of explanation to it, but what I was kind of pondering about or kind of wondering about was what was the specific exact type of love that Willy Bald was talking about. Mm -hmm. And my best guess is kind of the love of God, mm -hmm. uh, was, was my idea there what but what, what what did you think about that oh i i think that's uh pretty dead on uh mm. you know what's interesting is two vikings come up to him and say hey i got my brother's back he's got mine we you mm. know we're there for each other that's love right and he said oh, that's a little different which i thought i, I thought they were onto something there but right. i guess not well i think willibald was sort of maybe like he was a little bit uh prone to agreeing with them until they said that they wouldn't do it with him. Like, they would only do it with each other. Mm, and, yeah. th and that's kind of where, where Volleyball seemed to kind of back off from that being the, the same type mm -hmm. of love that he was desiring. Good point. Mm -hmm. So my interpretation of what it could be, and that's why I, I'm wondering what the Japanese said. I, I, I kind of want to watch the anime and see mm. the exact word they use. Because if it's just I, which is obviously love, then, you know, that th the point is moot. But oh, yeah. I think... If they, if they said charity, which I believe is GI, oh. um, that could be definitely uh, translated differently, and it's not it's not a, a usually a, a common word used. Charity 
you know, in English has become kind of a uh, donate your money to, to charity kind of a thing. Mm. But in a religious context, charity is pure love. Mm. Um, and in a sense, is associated with God's love. Ah, I see. And in Christianic scripture, or maybe I should say Christian scripture, um, (laughs) charity is the true love of God and is like the most powerful thing uh, among all other powers in the world or something along those lines. Mm. Um, So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what he was searching for in a way. Right. Um, yeah. And I think it also goes to Jesus Christ dying for the sins of the world and how it, I think, I forget who says it, but someone says in the Bible <laughs> that no, no man had greater love than this, than one who dies for his friends or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there could be some sort of indication or indication that we as humans should value life instead of trying to end life. Yeah. Um, and maybe, and maybe that's what this, uh, priest is trying to, the message he's trying to send to these Vikings. But I, mm. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that idea. It definitely seems like a really good possibility, I think. Especially considering he, he tried to warn the village people of the Vikings. So he definitely seems to try to, he wants to avoid that kind of bloodshed. Right. And I do think it boils down to the, you know, the love of God. And mm. I, I, according to probably his beliefs, God cares about all his children um, and would probably not want them to to die right. uh, per se. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say exactly what the beliefs are especially in those times you know what i mean yeah um but i I feel like that's what he's trying to get at Mm. it still kind of baffles me that the vikings wouldn't be able to comprehend that but it is (laughs) it, it is kind of an interesting uh dynamic between what the vikings glorify and potentially what the the christians or at least this this priest glorifies right and i guess we could also consider that these vikings that were interacting with him were maybe not the brightest people (laughs) you know good point Uh, yeah (laughs) could be that to a degree as well but but yeah i obviously there has got to be like some sort of cultural difference as well um yeah yeah but yeah yeah It, it was a very interesting part of the part of the story my last thing on father willie bald is that he he reacted strangely when when the other Vikings mentioned Thor's quote about mm. you know, a true warrior needs no sword, and I wonder why he reacted that way. Is it maybe because he like did he maybe used to know Thor's as well? Ooh, like is he another one of those so juicy. people that knew him? <laughs> maybe because <laughs> um, I can't I, I don't know why else he would react like that to hearing mm. to hearing that. Unless he had heard Thor's perhaps say that himself at some point. Uh-huh. What, what do you think? Part of my reaction to that was maybe that saying is close to the love he's searching for, you know? Mm. Um, because maybe his interpretation of that is someone who um, doesn't, you know, kill. You know what I mean? Right. Um, uh, but I like, 
I like the idea very much that he knows Thor's in some way. And maybe that explains where Helga came from as well. I, I'm not implying that she's royalty, but some sort of maybe maybe a chief where uh, um, Willy Bald is from. Maybe there's a connection hmm. there. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe. So moving on to Ilva. It was really sad to see how much she really repressed kind of the sadness over her dad dying and, and her brother going missing. Mm-hmm. Like she just tried to keep herself as busy as possible to like to try to not think about it, which I mean, I, I can understand that mindset just like as long as you got other things to think about it, you can kind of try to ignore sad things in life. But obviously it doesn't, you can't do that forever. And yeah, it was, it was really that like the, the extra chapter, which I think other than that extra chapter, all of the other ones have just been kind of like funny little gags. But this one was actually important to the story, I thought. Right. Because it really showed her, well, just how she dealt with the loss of her father and brother. And I thought it was really a really, a really good chapter. Very strong. Yeah, I, I agree. And not only did it show that, yes, losing her father and brother it, what, was hard. And, mm. you know, she needed to... Uh, cope in some way but it shows I think that she's incredibly capable Um, yes she was doing too much but Mm. um, you know she's not going to necessarily let let it stop her from doing the things that need to get done right Um, so yeah I appreciate her resolve in that sense but yeah Mm. uh, I I also like the, the more well it's all human but the kind of more vulnerable side where you know she finally started crying and and let her feelings go. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, like, at this point, we can assume, I think it's pretty safe to assume that Thorfinn hasn't been to Iceland in these 11 years that have passed since he left. Yeah. I mean, we don't know anything about him having kind of tried to send messages or anything like that. So I think we can probably Mm -hmm. rule, we can probably rule that out as well. So as far as Ilva and Helga are concerned, Thorfinn is probably dead like that's probably right. what they think yeah uh so i wonder I, I i guess i just keep wondering when and how that reunion is gonna happen and if i guess i should also uh add i really hope it will happen though so how long has it been since thorfinn left it's been 11 years 11 years yeah they left in 1002 and that was 1013 so who knows when or what what's going on right now with that village? I mean, maybe maybe they're able to. Oh yeah. Uh, work just fine. But I mean, when when we get this bonus chapter, this is the same year that they disappear. Well, I think Thor's it's a, dies. Maybe a year after, but but oh, not, or but, maybe but not more after. than that. Right. But yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it's it's it, it goes back to what I was thinking about before, and just you know, uh, are they gonna be okay? Yeah. Um, is the guy that guy with chains? I can't remember his name. Uh, <laughs> Half Dan. Half Dan is you know is, is something bad gonna happen with him? Yeah. Um, or, or maybe they're just perfectly fine, and he goes back. Really hope they're fine. Really, really hope they're fine. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I hope that too. It would be awful if if Thorfinn returns there, like maybe a few years from now, and it's just all destroyed or something like that. That would. Oh, that'd be terrible. Oh no. Yeah. Oh man. 
anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, anything more on Ilva or, or on Helga, if there's anything on her too? I guess there no. isn't probably that. Mm. Then moving on to Bjorn. And something I forgot to mention last time about his name. We talked a little bit about his name, but another thing I, th- I didn't mention, which I think is just an interesting little tidbit, is that Bjorn literally means bear in Swedish and and well and all, all of the all of the Scandinavian languages I, I would assume and it is it is like a relatively common name in addition to meaning literally being the word for bear I've definitely heard it before mm, right right yeah it's it's a it's definitely like a yeah Scandinavian name and it's funny like it's just it's it's not like we necessarily th- always think about a bear whenever we hear the name Bjorn even though it is exactly what we call a bear um it's just it is equally as much a male name as it is the name for well for for bear so i think i guess that's why i forgot to mention that last time but <laughs> but yeah i did, did just just thought that was good to mention since i, I mean it, it, it fits with his character considering he is this big burly man kind of and or like this berserk guy yeah he's not in it for the gold he's in it for the killing <laughs> <laughs> yeah that too yeah <laughs> right so I guess he and uh, and Thorkel are, I guess, a little bit alike in that regard. A little bit alike. Or, or bit. well, I think Thorkel is probably more in for the fight. Uh, yeah. To, to to be precise, but but still. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Bjorn has known Askeladd probably longer than any of Askeladd's other men. Uh, it mm. seems to be implied, and uh, but even even though he has known him for such a long time, he still feels like he doesn't really know Askeladd that well. And he mm. seems to be a bit bothered by that in, you know, one one of these chapters. Uh, and I, I don't know if that's going to be something that's going to continue, like a thread that we'll kind of, that we'll get more from. But mm-hmm. it was interesting, I thought. And, I, and I mean, it's true. Askeladd is a very mysterious person. Uh, but it's, I guess it's fun to know that even to supposedly the person that is closest to him, he's also a mystery even to him. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, this wasn't specifically related to Bjorn, but uh, using cow thief as an insult seems to be incredibly, <laughs> <laughs> incredibly bad. <laughs> I hey, I don't. Yeah, that's a terrible thing to say to somebody. I mean, <laughs> talk about disrespectful. I mean, fair. Yeah, like and I, I understand at the time. I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, no, no, but like I mean, totally uh, joking. At the time, I, I'm, I'm, I understand that it, it or. I, I guess I don't understand it exactly, but I can I can definitely see why it it, it would ha- like hold such so much weight. <laughs> uh, but it was definitely a funny a funny scene because obviously these days that's just like well what <laughs> like cow thief. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah that that was funny like that was like the one thing you could say and 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 Bjorn would be like okay well, then in that case keep the fight going <laughs> just report to Askeladd who dies <laughs> like. <laughs> 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 uh, that was that was funny, <laughs> but anyway, anything more on Bjorn? No. Okay, then uh, the last character that I have notes for here is uh, f- the girl in the last chapter called Anne. Oh yeah. Who had stolen a ring from a market and and I I I just I felt just so sorry for her for having right. to like living with that like just immense fear of damnation. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be fucking uh, like terrible, and I, I guess especially in that day and age, it was it was probably very common for people mm-hmm. to have that to, to have that sort of fear, uh, which is really sad. But I think what's interesting about Anne is 
she goes from feeling that that fear of damnation to then having like the thrill of it all kind kind of it, it's like it's like someone i used to be a girl, good girl but now i'm a bad girl <laughs> like you know like, <laughs> now it's too fun um i yeah. don't know i mean I'm, I'm not saying like she that's something you know to take away from it but mm. it's yeah it's interesting that uh even though her entire village was murdered plundered um mm. she kind of gets a thrill out of it right um, yeah it'd be interesting to see her journey if if there is anything i know there's so many characters already but yeah. I, I wouldn't mind seeing her side of it oh it could be it could be a side of debauchery <laughs> yeah like I, i'm really i'm really unsure i because as you say there are all really a lot of characters and and there, there were characters in the previous book that didn't appear at all in this one. For example, Hordaland, we talked about her, right. yeah. who I was really excited to see more of, but she didn't appear at all in this, or in these two volumes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I guess I can't know if Anne is going to play more of a role. I hope she will, though, because I, I think she has an interesting thing going. And, you know, she, she could be, you know, assuming she survives, you know, getting through the blizzard and... Yeah, and and not and not and also not being followed by Askeladd's men because you know th- there's snow there. People should be able to track her, or, uh, unless the blizzard covers her tracks, which I guess I can hope. I hope it does. But anyway, if she gets through that, she could be the one to kind of spread word of the Vikings having taken over that village. Uh, but but yeah, I am interested in her. I guess just on the on the Saturday Saturday note, just mm. yeah, entire village yeah. being murdered like that. Oh mm. gosh, that was like... brutal. Even though she kind of got a thrill out of it, I think it was still scarring for her to yeah to see that and everything. Absolutely, and and like while while she like well yeah through her through her kind of thought monologue, we understood that she, yeah there was some sort of thrill like feeling that she got out of that. I still I feel like being in those sorts of really in incredible intense situations, it's hard to know how you're gonna react and how you're gonna feel. I think, uh, like I've never been in a situation equivalent to the one that she was in right there. So I don't know how I would react or like, I think most people can't really say how they would react in the situation that is so unusual. Mm-hmm. So while, yeah, she felt the similar kind of thrill as, as when she stole the ring, that doesn't necessarily mean that it was a good kind of feeling. I don't know. She, the way she describes the Vikings, it makes him sound not heroic but uh admirable you think yeah i mean she talks about how uh they're so bold and daring and unafraid of your judgment Mm. um that sounds like Uh, positive mm. things you know what i mean i see and Mm. it's clearly a conflict within her that she's been raised to believe in this god and his commandments his ways um but then she sees these vikings who don't care about any of that obviously the probably for well obviously lack of not even knowing um mm-hmm. uh, about her about her teachings and she sees that and admires that greatly so it's it's a conflict it's like well this is how i was raised to believe but then they have these people who they're not bound by these beliefs you know which right i don't know i i guess it's a conf- confliction in her 
um, in a way. I'm not. I, I'm not sure which way that would turn mm. for her. Um, but yeah, just something that I was thinking about. Yeah, no, that that, that is a good point. So yeah, I I guess yeah, I guess I'm a little bit torn now on how to read her. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, and now after this, I really really hope to see more of her. I do too. I think she has she has great potential to be a very interesting character. But if you don't see her again, that's I guess that's 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 good enough. I guess it's just <laughs> yeah, you know, you introduce this character and she has this kind of introduction into the story that leaves an impact and mm. you kind of want to see more of it yeah but i guess you could ta- give it up to yukimura for introducing so many characters <laughs> yeah. but with different i guess important levels of importance and yet they still have an impact yeah right absolutely definitely very very well done and uh, you know I'm, I'm still part of me is still keeping up hope to see Horderland again and I don't know if there's any chance of that, but, but part of me is not giving up. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe they'll go back to that area in Denmark. and. Yeah. Actually, I, I think it's a decent possibility because the Lord there yeah. was a relative of, of Askeladds, right? Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's a decent possibility still. But, mm-hmm. but anyway, uh, anything more on Anne? No, no. All right. And, uh, do you have any other characters that you wanted to bring up? Just... Just very briefly mention, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, uh, Gratianus, Gratianus? Gratianus, um, I, I don't Gratianus. know, I mean, it sounds, it sounds more like Roman, kind of. Yeah, it does. And, I don't know, just that he's kind of their guide and uh, seems to be very willing to follow Askeladd in a way, but obviously mm. he wants to uh, make sure that his his country has a as, as a foothold, if you will. Yeah, when yeah. the supposed Danish kingdom overtakes England, um, mm-hmm. but anyway, uh, not much to say about him. And I, I, but I think he'll still be around in the next book, right? Like, he's still traveling with him, isn't he? Uh, or no, he he's. I, I don't think it. he is. Uh, oh yeah, at, at yeah, least because yeah. he was. Uh, I think yeah, I think last last we saw him was when they were talking with Asser, or yeah, or right. and when they. Was he there when they started the march, or like, I like the pretending to be prisoners march? Was he there then or not? I don't remember actually. He either uh, left before or after that, though. You're right. You're right. So I mean, he's not going to be much of a character, I guess, going forward. But um, mm. I guess I, I feel like he could be a potential, you know, political piece. Maybe. Definitely. Yeah, I, I can. I can definitely see that. And that that that's really all all I have. Cool. I guess we I, we did get to see the king of Denmark. Oh yeah, Spain. The not, or, his, yeah. not his face or anything. Fork beard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We just got got to see his neck or or the, the <laughs> back of his head. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. He doesn't seem too attached to his son at all. Yeah. I I guess that is probably a bit of a stereotype in those sort of like royal families, though, isn't it? Uh, like them, them not necessarily being that familiar. I guess so. I mean, it depends, you know. They're they're probably always or pretty much always raised by, like, nannies and stuff like that. Anyway, like, that's a good not, point. Yeah. The, the the actual parents probably don't do a lot of par- parental work. Mm-hmm. Uh, in like royal families, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I I guess we'll yeah I guess we'll see, 
what kind of role he'll play. <laughs> and I guess like his goal right now is to take over England as quickly as possible. Right. And I don't know if there's like an urgent reason to do that or is they just want to make sure they get it done, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. I wonder how long that we'll be at war for in this story. Yeah, because we, we obviously we want to, you know, do some exploring as well. We yeah. want to get to Vinland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. Some side quests would be great. I guess I guess we did have a little bit of side quests here, huh? <laughs> I, I suppose so. <laughs> but I guess that's all for all of the characters. Yeah, yeah. Then, final stretch of the discussion. I, I don't really have much in terms of predictions right now. Uh, do you have anything? Not really. Uh, other than you know, maybe if the war does finally end, they can. Um, go back to Askeladd's uncle in mm. his area, and that's how Hordaland would come. Right. Um, or not, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I also feel that Canute will have something that might spark him to start being more of a leader. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like that's a possibility in this next book. For sure. Do you think that Thorkel will be in the next book or have they got him off their tail? I think I think he's persistent enough that he will remain. I agree. I think <laughs> that they may think he's gone, but mm. he'll be back, especially since he has a reason to meet up with Oscar's guy. Well, probably mostly because of Thorfinn. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then when he does meet, I really do hope that he goes into how he knows Thor's and Maybe we get more backstory into that. For sure. I, I get the feeling it might be through the... I mean, it's probably... It's it's pretty much got to be through the Vikings. I feel. Yeah. they had both been part of that group in their past. Oh, so he was for sure part of the Vikings. I wasn't sure about or that. When when Floki talked to him, it I got that vibe, at least, that they had oh, been okay. comrades. Oh, okay. Maybe it wasn't explicitly stated, so maybe I made some assumptions, but at least that's that's how I understood that part, mm-hmm. at least. So hmm. I guess I guess I guess that's a possibility that they know each other from having fought together, uh, you know, on the on the Yom's Vikings. Gotcha. Well, mm. hope we get to hear more about that. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, I just I wonder what Ocelot's plan for. Canute will be, and if they're gonna hold him at ransom, you know, <laughs> against mm-hmm. the the king, I, I don't even know how that's gonna go down. Right. Exactly. If at all. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's really exciting. The story is definitely definitely getting more exciting, and it's also so interesting that we're following all these characters that really most of them are not particularly. I guess good good people, you know. Hmm. But it's still it's still a really interesting story to follow along with. I guess you know we have we have faith in Thorfinn, like we believe in Thorfinn, even though he is a killer. I guess we we are we, we believe in him to to you know to make the right choices and to be a good person. Yeah. Um. But really, like Askeladd and his whole gang, obviously they're terrible people. <laughs> um. And uh, well, I, I guess Knut has has some good promise. 
No, but but yeah, it, it's it's getting very exciting and interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Just this, all this, the war stuff, and I guess, like I was saying earlier, the kingdoms and the, I guess, the political boundaries there. It's just, it's really fascinating. Yeah. And yeah, sure, he's grabbing a lot from history, but I think he's doing a very great job at making history exciting to learn about and uh-huh. and uh, telling a story through that. Obviously, it's not one to one, but I think it's, mm. it's still very well done. Totally. And something I wanted to mention real quick also is that I, th- I thought it was really funny how at a couple points in at at, at least in volume three, like the first part of the book here, mm-hmm. is that was when English people were like they, they were hearing the Norse language and to them it sounded <laughs> like curses or, or yeah. witchcraft. So it was really <laughs> funny to me. <laughs> I love that. I wonder if like Swedish, Norwegian, and Danish would sound like witchcraft to like Americans these days too. <laughs> I don't know, like, <laughs> I don't know what I, what I consider what it sounds like. It's interesting. Um, I think, or, or, or we're speaking of the the English people. There was a moment where Thorkell mentioned the. It's gonna take a lot more of that to make this the make the London Bridge fall or something like that. Uh, oh yeah. I don't know if that was a reference to that nursery rhyme, but yeah. I had heard that there had was a theory that there had been Viking shenanigans that had caused the falling of London Bridge at one point. So I looked it up, mm. and one theory is that a Norwegian Norwegian Viking in the year 1014 <laughs> caused the London Bridge to fall. I think his name was Olaf II or something like that. Okay. That's Norway, not, not Denmark. Interesting. Because I, I do think... Mm, or I guess I shouldn't go into spoilers, historical spoilers. <laughs> uh, no, but okay, I, I'm I'm gonna skip that for now. But uh, about about Lond- the London Bridge uh, falling, I, I think there. Well, first of all, I think there's been multiple bridges in London that have ha- like been referred to as London L- London Bridge. Ah. Um, and I think throughout history, a lot of them have, in one way or another, fallen. So yeah. it's, it's been like a pretty consistent thing, probably both before this time and age that Vinland Saga takes place and after it, um, I yeah, think. Yeah, for sure. But, 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 but still, yeah, I, I was also interested in that when, when he made that little brief little reference. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, just thought it was funny. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so, any final words? Uh, I think I'm pretty much done. This has been a lot of fun talking about the third and fourth volumes. Absolutely. Stoked to read the fifth and sixth volumes. Definitely. So, with that all said, if you enjoy our content, you can follow us on Twitter at Umami Manga, and it would be lovely if you'd like to support us by either rating our show on the podcast platforms or subscribing to our channel, Umami Manga, on YouTube. If you like this episode, please share it with anyone you think might enjoy it too. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time when we'll talk about volumes five and six. Bye-bye. See you later. See you later.